Welcome to Church Unlimited. We're glad you guys are with us today. I'm super excited about today's message. I can't believe that we are one week away from Easter. It's going to be a different Easter, but it's going to be an awesome Easter. We're so glad you guys are with us today. Let's start off with our mission statement. We'd like to say this all together. You can say it from your living room right now, right in front of your phone or your computer. Say this with me. What are we all about here at Church Unlimited? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about. Thanks again for being a part of our services today. Want to give you a moment right now if you want to text someone or hit someone up on social media and say, hey, church is online live right now. Tune in right now. Want to encourage you to do that. Again, thanks for being a part of our service today. I'm excited today to talk about how we are called to prepare the way. We want to prepare the way for what God wants to do on Easter, but also we want to prepare the way for what God wants to do through us and in the lives of those around us. And so today we're talking about a very common scripture. It's known as the triumphal entry. It's also something that we base the word Palm Sunday on. And so that is what this weekend is all about. And so we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 21. It's a great story. All the, uh, actually all the disciples talk about it, but we want to look at Matthew's account today. Check out this scripture. It says this, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Now, several times in scripture, it says, in fact, actually in Luke chapter 10, it says that Jesus sent them out two by two. But the key word here is that he sent them. I wonder if right now, could it be that God has kind of shut down our world because we have forgotten as Christians that we are sent? Could it be we just got so caught up in our other identity, our identity as being a mother or a father, as being a businessman, as being a sales director, as, as being a student, as being a part of the military, whatever it is that we do, as important as all that is, could it be that we've gotten so caught up in our identity of what we do that we forgot that we are first of all sent people? You are sent to the military to make a difference. You are sent as a teacher to the school you're in to make a difference. You are sent to the children that you are mothering. You are sent to the community in which you live. We have forgotten that Jesus sent us out to make an impact. Would you write that down? The first thing you want, to know, you want to remember today is that you are sent by God to do great things in this world. Again, could it be that we've been shut down because we are forgetting why we get up every day and go to work, why we get up every day and go to school. We are not just sent to get an education. We're sent to make a difference in the school that we go to. We're not just sent to make money. We're sent to make a difference in people's lives. So I want to challenge you to remember that you and I are sent. I think it's interesting that he said, I want to send them out two by two. I have a little theory on this, by the way. So I have a friend who has a good friend that owns a bunch of mini marts. And he told him one day, he said, I never let one employee run the mini mart, even if it's cheaper, just have one employee in the slower hours, because guess what? When there's only one employee, they steal, they tend to eat the product, you know, just grab a Coke on your own. No one's around to notice that, you know, or kind of goof off. So he always has two employees working at the same time because they tend to tell on each other. In other words, there's accountability, right? So in the same way, I wonder Jesus is sending them out two by two, so one can remind the other, this is why we're here. Let me ask you something. Who texts you or calls you on a weekly basis to make sure you're focused on Christ, that you're honoring the Lord, that you're doing the things that you know God has told you to do? If you don't have anyone like that, could it be that you're kind of sloughing off because there's no one there to check up on you? I wonder if that's why Jesus said, I'm going to send you out two 
by two. We need the encouragement and the accountability of someone else. So right now, if you would, if you're taking notes or if you're taking notes on your phone, I wanna encourage you to write down the name of someone you can call and say, hey, let's just check up on each other to make sure we're remembering that we're not just a mother or a father. We're not just a business person. We're not just a student. We're not just in the military. We are here because we're sent by God to make a difference. And so we need to challenge one another. The Bible says to spur one another on to good works. And so let's live like we are sent. Could it be that you and I have forgotten that we're sent? Could this be a reminder as our economy has suddenly stopped? You thought, I'm a businessman. You're not right now. I'm an entrepreneur. You're not right now. I'm a teacher. You're not right now. I'm a student. You're probably not right now. Could it be that we need to remember when everything else shuts down? Wait a minute. First of all, I'm a child of God. God has a purpose for me being in this world. And so I'm here to make a difference. I'm here because I'm sent by God. When we accepted Christ, we weren't just zapped up to heaven suddenly. God has work for us still to do on this earth. It's time to live like you and I were sent people because we are sent people by Jesus. Scripture goes on to say this. So he sent them to a town, right? This is what it says. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. So they're supposed to go into a town and just when they see a donkey and a colt tied up to a post in front of everyone, just untie them and take them. Now you and I think, okay, that's a donkey and a colt. No, 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 but that to them is someone's livelihood. It's someone's transportation. It's like Jesus is saying, go to Walmart. There'll be a Camaro waiting with the keys in it. Just go ahead and hop in and bring it to me, right? Now I'm not recommending you go steal a car, okay? But what we are saying is that Jesus is saying, I've gone ahead of you. And whenever people wonder, what are you doing? You can just say, the Lord sent me and I will make sure they know it was me. What that means for you and me is this. Would you write this down? Jesus' authority goes before you, which means there are some things that he is sending you to do that you need to know he is gonna open the door for you. I wanna encourage you too, as I looked at this, I thought, you know what? Could it be that God is calling you and I as sent people to reach for something that's not ours yet? You see, this donkey, this cult, they didn't own them but Jesus told them to go get what actually is yours because I told you it's yours, even though it's not yours yet. I believe that some of you have an ambition inside you that Jesus is saying, I am sending you to that. I put that in you. So it's time to reach for something that you don't already have. You know what's great about this time you have on your hands right now? Instead of just binging on Netflix, why don't you binge on God's word and his spirit? Why don't you take the time to soak in and say, God, what is it you're calling me to do that I'm supposed to go embrace? It's time to embrace the promotion you don't have yet. It's time to embrace the property you don't own yet. It's time to embrace the house you don't own yet. It's time to embrace the influence that you don't have yet and say, God, I know you're calling me to make a difference. What is God calling you to reach for that is currently not in your grasp, not in your hands, but you know Jesus has sent you with his authority. He's put it in your spirit. So now it's time to put it in your hands. God is leading us to reach for something we don't already have. It's time that you recognize you're sent for a purpose, for a cause, and there's gonna be something you're reaching for that you do not already have. So what happens next? Check it out. It says, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Now, this is really cool because this is actually a verse that a prophet spoke. A prophet named Zechariah spoke this 500 years earlier. This is what he said. 
He said, rejoice, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so literally Jesus said, go and get the donkey and the colt so that I can fulfill the very word of the prophet because I am coming to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where he gave his life, right? And so he is coming and this is his entry to say, this is why I'm here. This is why I was born. I came to give my life for you, for all mankind. So what does this mean for you and me? Number three, would you write this down? God's word is fulfilled through us. The next time you read a scripture that says, you know, verses like, you know what, go be an evangelist. It says that in Acts 1.8. Or how about the verse that says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You know, when we read that, we think, yeah, that's it. We're supposed to win people to Christ. But that, that we means you and me. That doesn't mean that we simply pray for someone else to do it. That doesn't just mean we get excited when the evangelist comes to town and rents a stadium and we go to it once a year. No, it means you and I are supposed to be making an impact, making a difference, telling our friends about Christ, inviting them to our church. This means you and I are an active role in God's word. This means when God says to be loving towards people, that you actually love people, not you just not just you judge someone else as not loving, no, you be loving. When God's word says to pray for one another, to, to help one another, to give towards one another, we are supposed to be a part of that. In other words, you and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We forget that we are to fulfill the word of God. You and I are the ones that are supposed to do that, to be an active part of that. God's word is fulfilled through us. When's the last time you, you verbalized your faith to someone else? When's the last time you put, you put words to it, right? When's the last time you actually told someone in the office? When's the last time you told a family member or a friend that's going through something? When's the last time you actually said, you know, I know you're really going through it. I'm sorry you're having a hard time, but I gotta tell you, you know how I get through stuff? It's, it's because of my relationship with Christ. It's real. And that may sound cheesy or corny or even religious to you, but it's not to me. It's real. When was the last time you shared that with someone else? Because God wants you and I to be a part of changing this world, which means we have to learn to step up and speak up. That's so why I want to challenge you to do your part. And so basically they go and they get this donkey and this colt. Jesus gets on the donkey and the colt and look what happens next. I love this. It says, a very large crowd spread their cloaks, that means their coats, on the road, while others cut tree branches and spread them on the road, hence the word Palm Sunday. The crowd shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? You see, when you and I stop and worship Christ, it makes them realize wait a minute, this is real. Who are they worshiping? This, this must really be someone, not just some historical figure, but a real living savior that, that, that I can personally know. Scripture goes on to say, the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now at this point, they knew him as a prophet, but they were about to know him as Lord because he was gonna give his life and then raise again to new life. So what does this mean for you and me? Number four, it means your worship is a witness. Literally, when you worship Christ, you are being a witness. In fact, I want to challenge you this week. You know, we've got this, this weekend, we've got Friday, we've got communion service. It's a unique service from the Saturday and Sunday service. I want to encourage you to come to that. Then we also have Saturday and Sunday services all day. I want to encourage you to come to that as well. But I want to encourage you that on Sunday morning, when you get up, get dressed up. You may think, well, I'm not even leaving the house. You don't have to leave the house uh, just because you're dressed up. You can get dressed up because you're not getting dressed up to show people what you look like. You're getting dressed up for your Lord. I want to encourage you to get dressed up as a family and then take a family picture and post it on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I want to encourage you to post it 
because, and then tell everyone, I may not be physically going to a church. You know, this virus may have shut the doors of church, but it is not shutting down church. We are alive more than ever before, and we're going to worship our God even if it's in our homes. I want to challenge you to tell the world that, you know what, this isn't a regular Sunday for me. This is Easter Sunday. This is when we celebrate the fact that Christ has rose again from the grave, and no virus is going to keep me quiet. No virus is going to shut me up from my faith of telling the world that I know Christ and He knows me and I want to worship Him. I want to challenge you to do that, just to celebrate that fact and celebrate it publicly. You know why? Because when you worship Christ, you're being a witness. And when you're being a witness, you're worshiping Christ. It's not one or the other. Some of you say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm not really good with my words. I mean, I love to worship the Lord, but I'm not really good at verbalizing and doing evangelism. But the truth is, is that you're called to do both. And when you're evangelizing, when you're telling someone about your faith, you're actually, that's a, that's a form of worship. Did you know that? We're called to be in the service of God, but we're not called to be in the secret service. We're supposed to tell people that we are serving the Lord. And so worship God, discipleship, right? Being a disciple of Christ and also tell people. Some of you are really good at telling people about Christ, but you're not really that into prayer and, and worship and seeking Him. But the truth is, is that it's not one or the other. You say, well, I really love to evangelize. I'm not really good at worshiping or good at having a quiet time with God. But we're supposed to have both. I mean, let me just ask you, if you get on a plane, do you want the plane to have the worship wing on the left or do you want it to have the witness wing on the right? I'm pretty sure you want both if you want liftoff, right? You don't want just one or the other. And so really a worshiper is to be a witness and a witness is to be a worshiper. Tell me which one is your weakness and I will tell you that's where you get to grow. That's where you get to become more of a disciple of Christ. Maybe you say, I really do seek the Lord and I pray every day, but I'm really not a verbal witness. That's where you can grow in your faith. That's where your discipleship is. Or maybe you say, I'm good at inviting my friends to church, but I just don't have much of a personal discipline to be with God. Then that's where you can grow in your faith. I want to encourage you, it's not one or the other, it's both. Worship really is a witness. I love how it says, Hosanna to the son of David. That's actually prophecy being fulfilled that Christ would come through the lineage of David. Also, it says, Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is speaking of the fact that this, that salvation comes from heaven. Do you know the word Hosanna literally means save now. I love that. They're saying, Jesus, you're coming into Jerusalem to save us now. You know what Easter's all about? Celebrating the fact that Christ rose again, but also it's about you and I bringing people so what? So he can save now. So he can save the lives of people right now. Some of you right now have been thinking, man, I've been trying to invite my friend to church for years and they just won't come. It has never been easier to get someone to come to church because all you're doing is saying, all I'm asking you to do is turn on your computer. Just simply log in. Just go to churchunlimited.com, click live and watch, or go to the YouTube or Facebook live. Just simply watch. You don't even have to get up and get dressed. Just, just watch. I mean, that is the easiest invite you've ever had. This is your opportunity like never before. Some people say, oh, Easter's gonna be a lot smaller. There's no buildings open. No, I think Easter's gonna be way larger, way bigger. It's amazing what happens when you tell people they can't gather to worship. Now everyone wants to do it. It's like telling your teenager, whatever you do, don't go here. That's the first place they wanna go. And the same way, there's something about our spirits to say, don't tell me what I can't do. And so I wanna challenge you to understand this, that God is gonna use us more than ever this Easter. This is your opportunity. This is our opportunity to reach out to people like never before. You have two unique opportunities. The first is communion, which is gonna be Friday night. I want to encourage you to be part of that service and also Saturday and Sunday services all day long. Two unique services. I have two unique messages for both. I want to challenge you to be a part of both of those. Invite your friends, invite your family. It's easier than ever to bring them. A virus can close the doors of our physical buildings, but it cannot close our spirit. We are gonna be a part of God's house and we're gonna worship him because the Bible says where two or more are gathered, there he is also. 
And so he is with you right now, speaking to you, stirring in your heart. This is a time to worship the Lord. Now there's a unique angle to the end of the story that another disciple tells us about that Matthew doesn't mention, but Luke mentions it. I think this is interesting because they were all there. They all saw it, but they saw it from their own vantage points. And so look what Luke says happens next in Luke chapter 19. It says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. What this means is that Jesus is saying, if we don't worship, then the rocks will cry out. But guess what? Rocks were not made to worship God verbally, but he'll cause it if we don't. Well, I am not about to let a rock take my place. I'm not about to let something in creation take the place of my voice worshiping God. I wanna challenge you to sing out to God, make yourself known that you are a follower of Christ and tell your friends and tell your family, tune in next weekend. Let's honor God and worship him for what he has done for us. God sent his son to die for you and me. Christ then rose again, proving that he's God. That's what Easter's about. It's celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Now I wanna tell you one last story if I can. You know, this is a true story that that happens in nature all the time. When a giraffe gives birth, a newborn giraffe literally falls out of its mother's womb. You know, the mothers are are tall, right? Giraffes are huge, tall animals. The the newborn falls out of the mother's womb. When they fall on the ground, they, they barely stumble and stand up. And the moment they do, under a minute of them finally standing up for the first time, guess what the mother does? This loving, sweet mama knocks the baby back down. I mean, can you imagine? This is your introduction to the new world you're in is to be knocked down by your mother. And so then they stumble and they get back up and then the mother knocks them down again. And if you're watching, you're thinking, this is so cruel. This is your baby and you're just knocking her down. And then she stumbles to get back up again. And then the mother knocks her down. This goes on and on again. And I'm sure this baby's thinking, what are you doing to me? I thought you loved me. I thought I'm from you and this is how you're treating me. But the mother is not knocking the baby down to knock the baby down. The mother knows something the baby doesn't know. The mother knows there is a lion out there trying to eat their young. There is a lion out there and there are other predator animals that want to destroy this new baby. So the mother's not knocking the baby down to knock the baby down. The mother's knocking the baby down to teach the baby to get up again. Some of you right now are thinking, I don't know why this economy is taking this turn. I don't know why, I mean, my income has come to a standstill. My whole life has come to a standstill. God, why are you knocking me down? No, God is not knocking you down. He's teaching you to get up again. He's teaching you to rise up because the resurrection is all about the fact that Christ died, but he got up again. In the same way, you and I are gonna get up again too. And so just know this, your God is not here to hurt you. He's not stopping the world because he's stopping you. He's trying to teach you to get up again and recognize you and I are sent by him to reach for what we don't have and believe God for more and be a witness to this world. God has called you and I to make a difference. Take a moment right now. Would you join me in prayer with your head bowed and your eyes closed? If God is speaking to you right now, if he is convicting you and me about the fact that we are not being the verbal witness God has called us to be, would you do me a favor and just repent before the Lord and say, God, I'm gonna go another way. I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm gonna become a verbal witness. Maybe for you today, you say, Pastor, honestly, it's not that I'm not a verbal witness. I'm just not much into worship. And I don't want a rock to replace me. God, I want to learn to worship you daily, to spend time with you. 
And so God, I wanna stop right now and just lift my hands in the middle of my living room and say, God, I love you. I thank you that you're here and I wanna honor you. I don't wanna rock to replace me. I want my voice to be heard by you because you deserve my worship. Maybe today you feel knocked down. You feel like God's not there for you, but you never thought about the fact that God is there for you and he's not knocking you down. He's teaching you to get up again. Maybe God is teaching you some lessons about to be more prepared for something like this in the future, to make sure your business is prepared, that your finances are prepared, that your spirit's prepared, that your family's prepared, to make sure that we remember that we're sent people. I wanna challenge you in this prayer time to refocus your life. Don't tell me you don't have time. I know you do. It's time to slow down and honor the Lord, to put Him first in your life. Put Him first in your finances. Might as well, there's not money there anyways. Put Him first in your schedule. You might as well, there's nothing else in your schedule right now. To put Him first in your family, to put Him first in your relationships, to put Him first in your choices. I wanna challenge you to center your life on Christ right now. In the same way that people laid those palms, those branches in front of the Lord to prepare a way for Him to come, God, we lay our lives down before you so that you can be honored by the way we live. As you enter our lives, transform us. Would you transform this world too? God has stopped the world and he's getting your attention and he's getting my attention. And it's time for us to wake up and be the church. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, God, that you're changing us from the inside out. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you can pray and you can receive him right now. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and for mine. Then he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. You can receive him right now by praying this very simple prayer. Pray this with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord and be my savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.